Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra dimensional beings. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Hello and welcome to episode two of Pursuit of the Paranormal, where this week we will be doing something a little bit different to our first podcast. Yeah, so every so often what we'll do is we'll, when there's breaking news or latest news, something to talk about from the paranormal or UFO world, we'll have an episode where we just talk about what's happened in the past week, if it's worth talking about. And also we've got a feature called On This Week in Paranormal History, where we'll take a look back at famous cases that happened in that week that the episode's recorded. So starting this week, we're going to be talking about the Mothman and the Silverbridge collapse, which happened this week in 1967. But first... The latest paranormal news from around the world. So, what's been happening this week, Greg? Um, well, Ash, where do I start? It's um, I'll start off with some of the, the weirder news that people may have seen across all the social media. It was going a bit crazy, all on um, the mainstream media as well. And usually they pick up any sort of sufficiently weird stories that create a bit of a frenzy so this week a third metal monolith has been spotted in california so you may have another one yeah so you may have seen over the last week that there was an appearance of a metal structure in utah it just randomly in a remote part of utah and according to sort of people going back through google earth because um, you can see sort of the timeline on Google Earth and go back in history. It's been there for about five years and nobody had spotted it until some guys were flying over in a helicopter counting cattle and come across it. So that became this crazy thing that appeared this week. However, the day after it was publicised worldwide, it disappeared. Uh, it turns out somebody stole it, obviously, because humans can't have nice things. But then the following day, another monolith appeared in Romania that was reported and then that disappeared as well and that was similar to the one in Utah not not exactly the same and it, since being reported that one got uh, taken by whoever and now this one has appeared on top of a mountain in California um, some guy who was running and hiking in the area every day so they found the object on Wednesday and it had not been there on Tuesday um, supposedly about nine feet tall so 2.7 meters and very similar to the one in Utah so that that's the weirdness that I've got this week what about you Ash? So I mean I guess the alien's been busy going across America over to Europe back to America again <laughs> these metal yes. structures just to tease us what know. is that all about what is that all about it's definitely created a bit of a frenzy on social media and people get <laughs> mad for it which is 
well, it couldn't. When you think things can get any weirder in 2020, monoliths appear. It's, it's a crazy time. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy time. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think much could surprise me. Uh, any more news? Uh, what about you? Have you have you got any more news for this week? Well, this next thing might be a bit more surprising. Maybe more surprising because it's not really made the mainstream media as of the time we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only seen it on one newspaper article, the Washington Examiner. I've not seen it anywhere else. As opposed to this monolith, which has been on every Facebook, every website just for the past like week. But the what's come out the last couple of days on Wednesday, mm-hmm. the debrief website, which is run by Lieutenant Tim McMillan, who's a retired lieutenant in the police force and is an investigative journalist. He works for Popular Mechanics and Vice and websites like that. Okay. So he started his website at launch last week. And basically the article that they dropped yesterday has been it's been teased for a few weeks that they've got some bombshell UFO news. Mm-hmm. And the day before they leaked the article, they were like, we gave the US military government time to respond to us but they haven't so we're just going to put this information out there and that's what they did yesterday and basically what it is it's the UAP task force that if you remember back in the summer these uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee gave the intelligence communities basically six months to tell them what they know about UFOs or UAP yeah and this was blown up a little bit in the UFO community um, everyone was saying, oh, we're going to get news every six months. Going to tell us what they know in six months' time. Every six months we're going to get news. But it's nothing like that at all. It was So what the Senate Intelligence Committee is... In the UK, it's like a group of MPs. Yeah, It's the same sort of thing. And basically, every year, what they do is they set out what they want for the next 12 months. And this is what they do in the summer. Yeah. So in this report, there was one page that's talking about UAP and they basically said for all the the FBI, the CIA, the Navy, the Air Force, you've got 180 days, six months, to tell us what you know about UAP. So they've had six months and again this was blown up by the UFO community. It's not every six months, it's just basically within six months. Mm -hmm. So it could just be that one report and that's it. And secondly, more importantly, is they still don't have to tell us what's in this report. If it remains classified between the military and the Senate committee, then it stays classified and we won't hear anything anyway. So people say, oh, we're going to get news every six months. No, we might not get anything like at all. Um, and that seems to be what's actually happened with this report, because this, this article yesterday, um, on Wednesday, basically it's what's leaked, it's what's in this report. So they have done this intelligence report for the intelligence committee and it's not been publicised but some of the military personnel and it's confirmed that these are actually ranking officers that have access to this form, this report yeah. they've leaked the information to uh, Tim McMillan and this website, obviously anonymously because they're risking quite a lot to give this information to the public um, but there's, it's a quite a lengthy article there's a lot to digest I've read it a few times when I could because the website kept crashing because so many people are going on it but there's three main aspects to it so two is there's two sightings 
that have been reported in this report and importantly there's one mention there's one quote and this is from 2018 from the UAP task force and basically the quote is that the report states that the potential for UAP to be alien or non-human technology was of legitimate consideration Wow. so they're basically saying that we have to consider that this is alien and that's pretty big that is very big um, and like you say the mainstream media haven't even said anything about this and it is it is huge news um, no. just to clarify UAP I don't know if you mentioned that at the start was unidentified aerial phenomena just for anybody who's new to the, oh, new yeah, to the yeah. world of UFOs the, the new um, term that they use yeah yeah, I think then they, it makes it hard for people to do Freedom of Information Acts because people have been asking for UFOs when for a while they've been classing them as UAPs. They haven't had to provide any information yeah. because it hasn't, that's not the term that has been used. So, yeah, it's, uh, but it is unidentified aerial yeah. phenomena, the, the really. British, we've actually used that since the 1980s. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, so we've, we've been using the term UAP since the 1980s, rather than UFO. Yeah. Because uh, as well, it also, when you say UFO, people think alien, whereas UAP, it hasn't got that connection. Yeah, it doesn't think, connect to anything. People think UFO, think alien, whereas UAP. Yeah, it's just... It describes it a bit better than... It does, it does, absolutely. Because UFO, you unidentified <coughs> flying object. One, they're not always flying. They mm -hmm. can be stationary, or they can be, as we'll find out, they could be from the ocean and object implies it's physical it's an actual physical object when we don't know what it is it could be like say it's orbs it's we don't know what it is it's just phenomena yeah there's identified aerial phenomena just describes it a lot better than flying objects because there's nothing yeah. to say it's flying nothing to say it's actually an object we don't know what it is yeah so this follows on from around april this year where pentagon formally released three unclassified videos taken by Navy pilots that have actually been out for, for some time. Um, one of the videos shows an incident from 2004 uh, from the USS Nimitz where this is, there was a, an incident called the Tic Tac UFO. They got video footage from the radars of the fighter pilots that were trying to chase and follow these particular objects the Pentagon have confirmed that they are unidentified aerial phenomena. So it's been quite a year for UAPs, I should say. Of course, we'll put all these videos and photos and whatnot onto social media so everybody can have a look and make a few comments because um, there are difference of opinions from people. Yeah, there's been a, a photo leaked today as part of this article. Hmm. Uh, there's a report from 2018 where fighter pilots off the east coast of America just saw this cube, silver cube shaped object just hovering above the Atlantic Ocean and one of the pilots actually took a photo of it on his mobile phone and that photo was leaked again this was part of the intelligence report and that's been leaked to the debrief team and they released the image on Thursday and so we put the, put the image on our Facebook but the description of it being a cube-shaped object is similar to the 2015 uh, Pentagon video that they released. Yeah. So it is all tying in that these things are happening. It's off the west coast of America. It's off the east coast of America. 
and the, the, the image that's out, like, like I said, you can see it on our social media page. Um, it, it's not the clearest photo. Um, there's some people saying it could be a research balloon. Some others saying it could just be a mile of balloon with the sun reflecting off it. Yeah. These these are fighter pilots. These are trained pilots, and they see, they know different things that are in the sky. Yeah. And you'd think that these would know if it's a balloon and not go to the trouble of taking photos, reporting it to their higher-ups, especially when they know there's a lot of stigma to pilots when they're reporting UFO sightings and stuff. That's no, no, you're absolutely they right. Didn't know what it was. No, you, they are trained, highly trained people. Uh, I'm looking at the picture now, and it's taken from the, the weaponry guy that sits in the back of the, the F-18. The object is clearly very high up, because so you can see the curvature of the Earth. And I think in the report it says that it seemed to be around about 30,000 feet when the photograph was taken, where the object was about 1,000 foot away from the plane and didn't move in any kind of atmospheric condition was reported by the the pilots as well. So that, to me, would rule out a balloon. <laughs> you would like to think that they could tell what a balloon was in the sky because they must see all manner of things in the air um, when they're flying around. Um, and to see something so high up would be something you would think that they would be able to identify. They're only a thousand foot away, what's that, 300 meters or so. Uh, and this seems big enough in the picture. Strange looking thing. Yeah, what what we don't know is if, because we only know what, what's been leaked. We don't know mm. the full story or the full information what's in there. Like, we don't know if the pilots engaged with this object, whether they reported it and were told to like get closer to it to leave it obviously we don't know what happened so you'd think that if there's this object which is possibly quite big would they engage it would they try and find out what it is it's on it's an american airspace hmm. I doubt they would just leave it be so whether right. it's just we don't know what happened it's just that bit's not been leaked we might find out over the next couple of days maybe over the next days and weeks if they decide to leak any more information yeah, uh, but that was that one. The but the other report that's in this, the other sighting report that's in this intelligence report is much more interesting. And this is again, it's off the east coast, so it's over the Atlantic Ocean. And there's fighter pilots again, F eighteen fighter pilots, and the pilot saw a large triangle shaped craft emerge from the Atlantic Ocean, and then accelerate at speed. And, well. but the, and there is apparently a very clear photo um, of this triangle shaped craft uh, but that photo has not been leaked yet anyway so hopefully yeah, that will be coming yeah. that's, apparently it is a really really clear photo of that one see that's the kind of photograph that we need we need something that isn't in the distance that you can just about make out what you want we need photographs or we need evidence that you can clearly point to it being nothing else apart from what it looks like. Hopefully we'll we'll get that. Yeah, and it's the famous triangle shape. Mm. It's all over the world does these triangle UFOs get reported. My my own sighting, uh, back in nineteen ninety seven, my one and only uh, UFO sighting when I was ten. That was a triangle, black triangle shaped craft. And there's been lots and lots of reports of triangle-shaped craft. So it, it's that if they get a clear image of this, so it came from the water. We're calling it a transmedium craft. So it, the pilot saw it coming out of the water and then flew off at speed. 
Like, what, um, what, what is that at all? Yeah, what what is it? I know there are reports of USOs, unidentified submerged objects, um, where yeah. people spot them and, and, and see stuff underwater a lot of the time, a craft moving around and making maneuvers, but to <clears throat> to witness it coming out of the the water uh, and off is yeah to call it transmedium i know we were talking about this before the podcast as to what <laughs> what transmedium was about but yeah that makes absolute sense to go from water to air um very strange yeah, yeah. and i think if the the picture of this black triangle comes out and it's as clear as they say it is they'll certainly legitimize a lot of these sightings where people have said oh i've seen like self i've seen this black triangle flying in the air over the years it's yeah. well documented in fact on the local spotted page on facebook a week or so ago somebody put down did anybody see a black triangle flying over the town <laughs> i did try and reach out to that person but they yeah, haven't responded they <laughs> yeah so they appear to be everywhere um incidentally though if it was over my, where i live we've got a very major RAF base so that has other implications as well so yeah. it would be interesting but yeah so who knows we might see by the end of the year the way it's going this year that we might see this escalation in might disclosure. Be a good way to round off the year <laughs> happy new year there are aliens <laughs> go out of a bang with these <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that would that opens up some kind of weird social uh, question is how we would as a, a race the human race how we would cope with that kind of information and that that's some of the theory why these these stories and that are kept redacted they're kept classified because we we can't handle the truth yeah. like we've seen how they freak out over a piece of metal in the in the desert Christ, so. yeah yeah I, I can't even imagine we've we've had pandemics this year and the whole world's changed and we see every now and again significant events happen in human history which change the course of 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 how we we sort of live our lives we've had all the wars that we've had 9-11 that changed the world forever on that particular day with this year we've had the pandemic yeah. with hundreds of thousands of deaths i think in times of that people do tend to come together. So maybe what is actually needed, I think President Reagan said it once, that the way we can unite humanity is by having an attack or an invasion from aliens, essentially. He didn't quite word it like that, but but yeah, that would profoundly change the whole of humanity, I think. Uh, and maybe that's why we're not being told everything. Who knows? We'll be able to say, I told you so. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that will be able to say, I told you so. Um, yeah, I did, I've got a lot of people I know just think I'm mad for for having an interest in UFOs <laughs> and all the different paranormal stuff. But to have that piece of evidence that says, I told you so, it'd be interesting to see how the world changes. Even if it's like, as I've been zapped to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Right, it's so, worth it. <laughs> have you, yeah, there is um, a film, End of the World, with James Franco, and they, they get 
pulled up into Alien Craft. I don't know if you've seen that. And they're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And get sucked up into the Alien Craft. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it'll be a bit, a bit like that. Hopefully not. So I'd rather it be quite a nice, a nice sort of experience. And we learn from them rather than being invaded by yeah, them. Yeah, they might be friendly. They might be friendly. They might be friendly. And I know in <laughs> the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking uh, more about UFOs. Yeah, next week we've got Jason with us. I'm going to be talking all about the UFO situation in Canada. But for now, we're going to go over to West Virginia back in 1967 and discuss the Mothman legacy. On this week, a look back in time in our paranormal past. For 13 months, the entire town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, was gripped by a dark terror that culminated in a tragedy that made headlines throughout the world. Homes throughout the little town were plagued with unearthly noises and ghostly manifestations. Winged monsters and frightening apparitions terrified the population. The Mothman still remains an enigmatic figure, a fascinating and compelling mystery, sometimes determined to save lives, sometimes standing by to watch the death of thousands. In this episode, we cover the Mothman. Some of you may recognise that passage from the book Mothman Prophecies by John Keel, which was written in 1976 and was also turned into a Hollywood film starring Richard Gere. Uh, the Mothman occurrences happened between 13 month period between November 1966 and December 1967 culminating in what was the collapse of a silver bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. A disaster that was actually linked to the Mothman through superstition not proved that actually killed 46 people. There are debates about whether the Mothman caused the bridge collapse or was merely warning people about it. The first recorded Mothman sighting took place on November 12, 1966, near Clendenin in West Virginia. There was five men, grave diggers, in a cemetery, preparing a grave for the burial, and they saw a brown-winged creature taking off from the nearby trees. They were adamant that this wasn't a bird, and that it was a humanoid creature that they saw basically lifting off into the trees. Cool. Three days after that, was the next recorded sighting. And this was two young couples who were driving and they were from Point Pleasant. And they were driving and they saw the car's headlights picked up a large gray creature with big, big eyes that just glowed red in the headlights. They described it as a large flying man with 10 foot wings. So they recorded this to the police, they're that terrified by what they just saw. During the next couple of days, other people started reporting seeing the same thing. Two volunteer firemen saw a similar thing and they called it a large bird with big red eyes. The creature was sighted in many places across West Virginia and the surrounding states, but the largest number of sightings happened near an area now known by locals as the TNT area. The TNT area is also known as West Virginia Ordnance Works and is an abandoned munitions to the north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia that dates back to World War II. Uh, the facility during its operation manufactured ammunition and dynamite. Surrounding areas mostly forests dotted with numerous grassy clearings and thick concrete domes called igloos. They were used to store barrels of gunpowder. The area is also riddled with abandoned tunnels, most of which have collapsed, been sealed off or become flooded with water. A wildlife sanctuary, McClintic 
wildlife management now encompasses the area. In 1979, fishermen in the TNT area reported that chemicals had been left to seep into the ponds, causing it to be labelled an environmental disaster. By the year 1983, the TNT area was among the country's most polluted sites. Mothman witnesses were also allegedly harassed by the men in black who wanted them to not speak about the creature. John Keel also received phone calls about the bridge collapse, and this seemed to come true as it culminated in the collapse of the Silver Bridge in December 15th, 1967, with the death of 46 people. Two people's bodies have still yet to be found. So after that bridge collapse, obviously a big tragedy, did the Mothman sightings just stop? Well, it's been difficult to find any further sightings, uh, certainly for a long period of time. There have been some instances where creatures similar to Mothman have been spotted. Uh, one of them, notably at Chernobyl, was spotted a while before the famous nuclear meltdown. Uh, there have been two Mothman pictures taken in New York on 9-11, and also multiple sightings around the time of the Minnesota bridge collapse. That was most of the sightings recently, but I have found uh, in 2016 a news clip of a gentleman in Point Pleasant, new guy to the area, and he has taken a couple of photos of what he believes to be the Mothman. Now I've got the news clip from where he were, it was reported on the local news, so I'll just play that now so you can just have a little listen. Hunters in Mason County may need to be on the lookout for something other than deer when they hit the woods this week. Eyewitness News reporter Fallon Pearson shows us what else may be lurking out there too. Up until Sunday night, he hadn't been spotted recently, but according to these pictures, the legendary Point Pleasant Mothman is back. These pictures, supposedly taken by a man who says he was driving along State Highway 2 in Point Pleasant, saw something jump from tree to tree, so he pulled off the road to take these pictures. The man declined an on-camera interview, but is adamant the pictures are real. And some locals like Carolyn Harris believe it. I definitely know that the Mothman's real. Harris has owned the Mothman Diner for 48 years. She also helped start the Mothman Festival. Harris said there's been too many sightings of the Mothman for her not to believe. First responders and the church department and stuff uh, that I talked to that they definitely made a believer out of me. Harris has met many Mothman believers over the years, like the Smiths. You have eyewitnesses, so, you know, I, yeah, it does have potential, and, and I do sort of uh, want to believe. We asked the local Mothman expert and owner of the Mothman Museum, Jeff Wamsley, just how authentic the pictures are. Wamsley said, with modern technology, it's almost impossible to know for sure if the pics are real. But even if they are fakes, the benefits of the Mothman's legend to the town of Point Pleasant are very real. So that was the news clip. So as you can see on here, that there has been a couple of recent sightings and some people have said they believe in it. But interestingly, you'll, you'll hear on the clip, Ash, just towards the end, that they said it, it actually does favours for the local community. I think it brings in a, quite a yeah. bit of tourism. There is a Mothman statue in the in the little town. There's a museum, uh, as they mentioned on the video, that there is a, a festival each year as well. So it's certainly big business. And there's like ten thousand visitors. It's quite a big festival. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And the next one's uh, in. I think it's in May next year. 
subject to COVID, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those stories that I don't think there's been anybody that's taken definitive photographs. Uh, it's all been eyewitness sightings, and I heard that and I've read that eyewitness testimony is one of the most fallible pieces of evidence. It, it's your brain remembering the last time you remembered that event so i think over over time that can get a bit cloudy but it's certainly interesting subject i've seen the film i read the books what, what do you what do you think well the, the descriptions that you hear i mean they are very similar and mm. they all describe it as being dark colored black to brown yeah. Uh, tall, huge, huge wings, like wings up to 10 to 15 feet of wingspan. Yeah. And with the case of the young couple that saw the, the second reported sighting, they estimated that it was flying at around 100 miles per hour as it was following the car. They were doing yeah. 60, and it was outspeeding the car, doing the estimate to be 100 miles per hour. And yeah. like, like I said, there was over 100 sightings in just over a 12-month period. That's a lot of sightings. Yeah. For generally, like it's mainly Point Pleasant and some of the surrounding West Virginia area. That's, like, these are small towns. These aren't big cities with hundreds of thousands of people. These are small towns in rural West Virginia. Yeah. have hundreds of sightings. Is there something to it? Quite possibly. I think also the witnesses, they've been firefighters, larger groups of people. And I think if there was going to be a story made up or... The, the truth being embellished a little bit. I think people like firefighters, they're, they are credible people. They, they've probably got quite a lot to lose should it come out that they were lying. Um, yeah. It has more of an impact in their, in their life compared to, say, a couple. But like you mentioned, everybody seems to report the same sort of thing. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's the fact that it wasn't really seen or hasn't been seen much after that period of time, that's a bit weird as well. Why would it all of a sudden stop? And that was one thing yeah. I couldn't find any information as to why that, why that would be the case. It's difficult. It's difficult. And like I mentioned, there's no, no confirmed photos. This guy that you heard on the news clip will put the photos up on the social media so people can see that as well. So it'd be interesting to see what everybody thinks. But yeah, it's strange. It's one of those ones a bit like... Bigfoot, aliens, that I don't think, and unless you're there at the time, it's one of those one of those things that's quite difficult to believe because it's something that's not in the ordinary. Glowing eyes, flying at hundreds of miles an hour, huge beast that seemed to appear in the local area for 13 months, hundreds of witnesses, and then stop. Yeah, it's definitely unusual. Yeah, I don't know. But if it's not, if it's something that's not paranormal, mm. what could it be? Exactly. And to be seen around like this TNT and polluted areas, is it something that's trying to warn us? I mean, we get aliens and UFOs spotted over nuclear sites, that kind of thing, trying to watch us. So maybe it's a similar type, similar type creature. Yeah, it's difficult to find a great deal of information apart from these eyewitness accounts. So it's difficult. It's a challenge to sort of understand and make up my mind as to whether or not it's true. For sure. So the, the bridge collapse, which mm. is a week from today, 
Oh, so back in 1967. The John Keel claimed to have phone calls saying they were basically warning him that this bridge was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. People had premonitions and dreams that this bridge was collapsing. Yeah. And I mean, that could spread paranoia and fear. And then when people are in a sort of heightened state of fear or distress, that can mm-hmm. lead to seeing something normal. Mm-hmm. But because you've got the heightened sense of anxiety in your head, in your body, that you misidentify something as... Because people have been seeing this creature, something's going to happen. They're just associating it with that instead of actually, oh, it is just a big bird. It is a yeah. big owl. Yeah. They're not making that link. They're making the jump to, this is the Mothman. Yeah. Something's going to happen. So I think there is a local bird that that's similar, if I'm not mistaken, or described as being that sort of height sort of human height with with red eyes a particular stalk as well so it like I say we with that heightened state of paranoia in the dark and you can't quite see properly yeah i can imagine your your mind is running rampant yeah for sure like these are people that like i say it's small communities it's these are big cities these are people that are just local tight-knit communities everyone's sort of sharing the same like fears and sightings and stuff. So if they're hearing about these sightings, yeah, and if that's just kind of spread, and similar to like mass hallucinations, mm-hmm. where you have hundred people in one place seeing a UFO sighting, yeah, and it's like it's just that gathered collective sort of mindset, yeah, leads to seeing something that isn't actually there or thinking it's something that is completely something else. Yeah, and uh, you would think that. Like you say, it's a small town and rural area that they'd have seen. If there, if it was a bird, that kind of thing, you would think that they would be able to identify that unless they get this mass paranoia and hysteria that's leading them to, to see stuff, normal stuff, in a, an abnormal yeah. way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence with this one. I don't really... I, I usually have an opinion as to whether I believe it or not. And in this case... I don't know. I don't know. They they all believe they've seen something, and they all believe they've seen something that was not normal, but there's no actual proof of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm the same. And like most of the sort of the outrageous claims of the Men in Black and these phone calls, these came from John Keel, mm-hmm. who wrote a book. So yeah. as he embellished the truth a little bit because he's he's selling something. Yeah, these sort of little tales that he's just put out of a bit of out of proportion to obviously sensationalize it to make more sales because that's a lot more interesting than some people saw an owl in the tree or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more uh saleable, isn't it? Cool. So, that is our take on the Mothman. Uh, I'd be interested to, to hear. If anybody else has seen anything like that, by all means, drop us an email at podcast at pursuitoftheparanormal.co.uk or reach out to us on social media. I'd be interested to hear if you, especially if you're from America or anywhere in the local vicinity to Point Pleasant, to, to either put us right, provide us with some photos, or just to discuss any sightings that you may have had. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us this week. 
Next week, we will be joined by Jason Gilmet. He's a Canadian ufologist and MUFON field investigator. Looking forward to talking with him about all things UFO in Canada and around the world. You can find us on social media under Pursuit of the Paranormal. And if you enjoyed the show, please give us a positive rating on your podcast provider. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.